What your bank doesn't tell you. A podcast by you mushroom. Hello everybody and welcome back to our podcast What your bank doesn't tell you. Today again we have a very exciting topic. We are talking about the US debt ceiling or how the US debt is ballooning and eventually how the US are challenging their own existence. You can argue that on the 27th of May, the Congress, they found the solution how to agree on the US debt ceiling and what this means. We are coming to that any minute, but you can say, okay, now the problem is resolved and we are back to normality and that's it. But in our opinion, the problem is not resolved at all. It's actually only getting severe. Hello, so from my side, and just to pick up on uh, Tony's last remark, it's really indeed getting severe because you should imagine it, it's like literally a balloon and it's being pushed and pushed and pushed and bigger and bigger and bigger. And basically what's happening with agreeing a new debt ceiling, uh, it's kind of a spiral, right? Um, the government is highly indebted. Um, there is no way out unless you don't really agree on a new um Uh, limit. Otherwise, the consequence, if there is no agreement, is basically that the government defaults. And can you imagine the largest economy of the world with above 300 million population declaring bankruptcy? That would have consequences which we can't even imagine economically, politically, from human perspective, that would be literally a nightmare. So, The government is kind of in a, in a this deadlock situation where they have to keep increasing the debt, they have to keep this limit, they have to keep printing more money effectively or more treasuries to pay for existing bills, etc. Very quickly, in a nutshell, what does it mean? What is the debt ceiling? What is this debt limit with what we are going to talk about? And basically, this is the amount of money that the US government is allowed to borrow to meet its current existing, uh, to, to serve its current uh, legal obligations. It's very important. It's not about entering into new debt obligations. It's about serving the existing obligations which they have towards Social Security, Medicare benefits, uh, military salaries, interest rate payments on the existing debt, and not to forget also tax refunds, etc. So this is the story, what effectively it constitutes. For the history freaks out there, it was introduced in 1917. So it has a long history already. You mentioned for what the US debt is actually required and and if he, if in order to understand better why this debt is always increased on a continuous basis and actually since the introduction of the debt ceiling early early 19000 um the US debt was increased on a on a continuous basis and I believe this is extremely important to understand that this is a figure which is growing every year and just to give you some numbers and to put that into perspective, early 2000, the US debt was at, at, at around 10 trillion US dollar. So this already is a very large number. But now just at the beginning of, of this year, or at the end of last year, the US debt was around 31 trillion US dollar. So this is three times higher than about 23 years ago or 22 years ago. And this is enormous increase. So basically almost one trillion increase of debt every year. And imagine 
um, this, I mean, this is going on and this is getting more accelerated and accelerated because if you have a look at just the past three years during the pandemic, actually the, the annual increase of of the US debt was more than 1 trillion and very close to 2 trillion. And before it was around 1 trillion, slightly below. So this also shows that the higher the total amount of debt, the faster the total debt also grows. And I mean, at some point, there must be a ceiling or it's Yes, and it's, the, the drama is that it's also accelerating. As you mentioned, we started at 10 trillion in the early 2000s. In 2017, we reached 20 trillion. And only in 2022, due to pandemics, we reached in, in January or February 2022, the 30, the 30 trillion actually outstanding debt. Uh, so in a very short time, literally from 17 to 2022, we have uh, 10 trillion in addition a race which actually before that took 17 years. So it's spiraling up. Uh, that means that uh, we would come much quicker than we probably would expect historically to a point where um, there might be not such an obvious solution. What are the obvious solutions politically? You can either suspend the ceiling, which is a very popular um, method uh, and was used several times in history, multiple times actually in history. Uh, last time, I believe it was 2019, and the president signed a budget act which would suspend the debt ceiling until July 31st, 2021. So it's a quite popular measure to either suspend it or increase it. Uh, in the first case, you basically pretend that there is no such thing as a limit, that there is no such thing as a um, kind of discipline when it comes to dealing with uh, government spending. And in the second thing, you are like buying time. And a very sad thing when we keep increasing the selling, it's actually raising the indebtedness at costs of the future generations, we could say that. So one day, the generation after us are going to pay for those expenditures which are currently happening. A very big redistribution mm. and, and not justified. And it's also a measure to, to negotiate, right, of, oh, yeah. of both political parties. So at the moment in the US, we have a president which comes from the Democrats and we have a, a House or a Congress which is slightly denominated by, by the Republicans. So it's always a good chance if you have such a dramatic situation of avoiding default of the government. So it's a good situation to actually renegotiate and put through the interests of one or the other party. And this time, the, the negotiation power was slightly better for the, for the Republicans. So the Republicans, they actually tried to reverse some of the expenditures which were agreed by the Congress, but dominated earlier by the Democrats in, in, in spending for, for various things. And now, for example, uh, the, um, the student loans, they were reversed, so the students, they need to repay the loans. And before it was agreed that they don't have to. So this was reversed and they reversed on, on, on spending or subsidizing green energy. And then some, some, other, some other points, they, they also agreed to reverse in order to contain the spendings of the government and to somehow try to, to have a speed or a limited or decreased speed of the growth of the US debt. Yes, and some of the key points of the agreement, which was reached on 27 of May this year between McCarthy and um, President Biden, were um, the Republicans seem to be the much more disciplined when it comes to spending. 
at least on the surface, whether that's the case, we would we would not go into details in the podcast. But what was agreed was to reduce the deficit by 1.5 trillion over the next decade. Uh, this was an important point for the Republicans. Another important important point was to put a one percent cap on the spendings um, for the for 2025. And by the way, the ceiling agreement actually holds until January 2025. So we are buying actually not that much time. It's mm-hmm. one and a half mm-hmm. years. Which we, which the government bought to kind of sort things. Um, military spendings are going to remain as per budget of Biden, so three percent increase for 2024, and we're speaking about 886 billion U.S. dollar military spendings. Uh, then another thing which was very important was a cut of up to 21 trillion dollar, which originally was foreseen for the international uh, revenue services to modernize the tax system and also to boost tax enforcement in the USA. And there is a nice windfall, there is a clawback of $27 trillion of unused um, money for um, effectively fighting corona, which now could be basically taken back. So this is in a nutshell the key points and also uh, the points which you were mentioning before which are constitute this act. But what would be very interesting, we are going back and forth between history and current times because one of the major questions is what happens when there is a debt ceiling crisis. And I would like to recall for those of you who are already longer on the markets, in 2011 we were, we were having uh, one of the severe debt ceiling crises under Obama. Well, uh, one of the consequences basically was that the U.S. Treasuries got stripped of their AAA rating, a rating uh, given by Standard & Poor. They kept it for over 17 years and they were downgraded by a 2 AA. Uh, for those of you who invest in fixed income, you can imagine what kind of impact it had on the yield and then the expect and uh, the prices of the treasury bonds. And another very interesting history excursion is the crisis 2013, when the government stopped to work for 16 days, basically. It was again... Uh, one of the attempts of the Republicans, basically, to fight against the, basically, to leverage on the debt ceiling mm-hmm. in order to mm-hmm. prohibit the Affordable Act care of Obama. Yeah, indeed, very historical moments and also a bit a teaser of what could happen if we really experience a default of the U.S. government. But I would like to come back to to why the situation is so important or why. We can't just assume, okay, the problem is resolved, it might be back on the table. I believe you said in 2024, and then we just renegotiate again and we go on. So, yes, I mean, this muddling through is is definitely a method, but at some point there might be an end to this method. Because you can imagine, so if, if the US debt is increasing and increasing, somebody needs to buy the debt. And usually, or in the past few years, we have seen that central banks, they come into play and they are buying the, the government debt. So this also means that we have more and more money in the system. If we have more money in the system, this means that the real economy has to grow in an equal p- pace. Otherwise, if this is not happening, then we experience inflation. So this is basically the situation which we are having right now. If we have inflation, then the central banks, they are forced to increase the interest rates in order to, to make money more expensive. But if we have higher rates, then also the the interest payments on the bigger and bigger amount of debt is going to be increased. This again means that the US government needs more money. And 
and so forth. So you see spiral, the archive, right? it's, it's a spiral. Yeah. And, and at some point, the spiral needs to come to an end. And this is the reason why we believe this topic is enormously important. And this is also the reason why we cover this topic in more detail in our U-Mushroom University. So maybe what is important to say is uh, now we heard a lot that the U.S. economy is overheated. Um, it's basically spiraling up into more and more indebtedness. Um, what does that mean to everyone out there? Why is that important? We believe that it's important for you to understand the macro mechanisms out there in order to know what kind of risks are out there for your investments. And also the immediate question, what should investors do out there? What is the consequence of that? So one thing is the understanding, and that's why we're spending a lot of effort to educate our community or to share our thoughts and and concerns with our community. But also there is the question, what do we do in such a situation? And um, now there are two ways how to look at it. You could look at the history, what happened back then in 2011, what happened back then in 2013 with the debt ceiling crisis, where this topic of indebtedness was really very much on the table. And back then, stocks basically corrected quite a lot. And particularly in 11, a very, the, the only sectors who really did a good job afterwards were, for a period of time, were basically the defensives. But don't forget, we were in a different inflationary and interest rate environment. And now, 10 years later, 12 years later, we are operating under an environment of high indebtedness and actually high level of inflation. And for those of you who follow the markets, the last five, year, five months, quite a lot of money actually flew out of the equities of the, of the fund markets and went into fixed income, into um, bonds, into the bond markets. Um, that is not necessarily directly correlated with the indebtedness, but the indebtedness has consequences what the Fed is going to do with the interest rates and what is happening also with the inflation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you believe that inflation is increasing, what, what we have all the, all the signs directing into this, in, into this situation, then yes, you have to, I mean, it's, it's again equities, which is definitely a good play, then, then gold would make sense as well given it's an inflation protector. You miss gold. Yes, I, 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 I like gold. Um, <laughs> among the two of us, miss gold, equities. <laughs> Boring, exciting. <laughs> no, well, I, I, no. But then again, I mean, short dated bonds wouldn't be too bad neither because you are, we are having higher interest rates. There we go. But, but then again, if interest rates go higher and higher, then if you are into bonds with a substantial time to maturity, then you suffer on the prices again. So short-dated bonds, equities and gold, I mean, it's the positioning yep. which kind of makes sense for quite a while already. Exactly. Which equities is the question? That would be, an in that would be a sector play there big time because... Something it for Miss Equities. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. So basically also imagine that as a... We know we're sitting on a on this. Uh, I don't know. It feels like sitting on volcano, to be honest, with this embeddedness, and the spiral goes up, right? As we mentioned, so you're passing the ball to the Fed, and what is the Fed going to do with that fact? Because basically, they're the one who also has to 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 help 
uh, holding the explosion, controlling, I don't know, have, for those about out there who are actually tech freaks, if you have ever seen the, the Fantastic Four, like, you know, Jessica always holding these big explosions, always in a kind of an it's air a balloon. Fiction. It's science fiction. <laughs> it's pretty much what's the function of the fatties at the moment. They're trying to hold this explosion and the potential explosion and the controlled um, in a controlled environment and they're trying to control it through the interest rates. So the expectations of the market players, the professional market players out there, there was recently a survey was that June, nothing's going to happen. And I, I think also the Fed kind of uh, let it um, uh, flow through that there's not going to be an increase. Then uh, there are going to be potentially increase in autumn uh, and uh, then some actually assume that they're going to be a cut in December because... Well, in the end, it's modeling through again. Because if you have interest rates which are too high, then it's a burden on the outstanding debt. But you can't just reduce the interest rates because then you're supporting inflation even more. So, yes. so it's we're... also here modeling through. And, and as Freddie Mercury once said, the show must go on. So 2025, <laughs> that's going to be another circus, circus and bazaar of are we going to cut with expenditures? Are we going to suspend it? Or, oh God, surprise, surprise, we're increasing the ceiling. <laughs> it will definitely happen. But I absolutely agree. Um, it's um, it's also to say the way how we, we share this opinion. Sometimes we differentiate on what to invest money, but which is the beauty of it. But short-term bonds, as you say, uh, gold and certain sectors of equities. For those of you who are more conservative, watch out for the non-cyclicals. So we hope you like this podcast. And again, we would like to refer to the freshly launched or the soon to be launched U Mushroom University, where you can get additional information. Also, as always, if you have any questions, hello at youmushroom.com is the email you can reach us. And we are very much looking forward to see you very soon again. Bye bye. Money. What your bank doesn't tell you. A podcast by You Mushroom.